rising on an emerging generation of kings. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that as we go into a time of your word, that you bring clarity, that you bring understanding, that you bring illumination, that beyond the words that I will speak, you will speak to different people in different frequencies and vibrations, that they will hear your voice specifically to where they are and what they need in the name of Jesus, that you will take the text and change it from letters to spirit and life in their lives in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that the words that will come will give somebody the strength to stand in the dominion that God has has already finished for them in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and declare that the spirit of fear is banished now and forevermore from our midst in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and declare that by reason of this message and all the messages we've heard in this series and the ones to come, we will indeed walk in victory as an experience in Jesus mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Walking in victory, I want to celebrate all our leaders. Pilan, Pastor Vicky, who is preaching second service right now on the island. Minister Uche and Minister Solomon. It was so good to see him today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you guys so, so, so much. I appreciate you. I think one of the greatest realities for me that I see... Where's the person here? Don't leave your first estate. <laughs> it would be great to have someone around. And hopefully the person is not just in outside. At Bratinugon. Alright, so it's very nice to have you. God bless you. Very dapper looking young man. Thank you. Is this your first time here? Was it your first time on the keys? Okay, alright. The, on the island. It's nice. How was your name, please? Timothy. Huh? Timothy, beloved of Paul. The one that the testimony is commendable. He who has ears. Walking in victory. Walking in victory. This is one of the greatest realities I've discovered in scripture that has helped my faith and helped my strength. That it seems as if for God to use you mightily, for you to be able to have that confidence in your confession that you know God and you are known by God. Because it's one thing for you to say you know God. It's another thing for God to say that he knows you. Right? It's one thing for you to say, eh, this person is my boyfriend. But in the guy's mind, <laughs> you are nothing but a meal ticket. So it's one thing to say, I go to church, I'm a member of Kings, and it's another thing for God to know you. You know how that, uh, those demons, they came, and the guy said, Paul, I know, Peter, I know, just I know, but who are you? So even demons sometimes, you are praying like, yeah, I don't know you. But one of those things is the fact that we go through trials and temptations and storms and we are able to come out of it. It's the confidence that even though I'm going through a situation, I'm going through a storm, I'm going through pain, that God is still good. And it almost seems as if God intentionally supplies you pain. He's not always the one that does it. Sometimes he allows it, but he's actually never the one that does it. But sometimes he allows it. And then he gives you the strength to go through it. 
So the fact that you're walking in victory already connotes that you have conquered some quests. So there's no way to walk in victory except you conquer. And there is no way to conquer except you go through hard times. There is no getting a crown. There is no getting an award. There's no getting a merit. There's no getting a lifetime achievement award. If you have not gone through series of trials and come out of it. And so this understanding helps you to position yourself. And I don't want to go ahead of myself. When you are going through those storms. So it's not always God. Why me? It's not always God. But this other person has it better. It's not always but I pray better than this person. I'm finer than this person. I'm more this than this person. That's not the disposition to have when you are going through storms. I know another thing. As I was coming up, I just remembered this shoe I'm wearing is not the best to stand for long. It's comfortable, but it's not the best to stand for long. And I was thinking, should I get canvas for Kanye? Because I'm about to change these shoes. And immediately, the Lord just told me that's some of our problem inside this spiritual warfare. You're wearing shoes that don't match. You're wearing outfits that don't match. And so you come to church or you go to a garden of believers or you're speaking to a brethren and they're asking you, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. But you're not fine. Or you come to church and prayer is hot and you are praying in your mind. You're wearing the wrong shoes. You want to look cute. Come on. And I always tell girls, if you invite your, your, your boyfriend, your husband to be to church, first service, second service, week one, week two, week three, every time Pete Downs is preaching, Pete Downs they preach hot like this. He's just like this. So he may not be the one. May. Emphasis on the may. Because when there's fire in the mountain in your house, what's he going to do? You want to be pretty and cute and put together. And the devil is dealing shaggy with himself. You want to be politically correct online all the time so that your followers will grow. How far you don't grow? You're wearing the wrong shoes. You want to be a slave queen. Thank God we've learned what the real slave queen is now. You want to be a slave queen. Sometimes you ask girls, why are you even wearing these clothes you are wearing? And they don't know. Because she just wants to blend is what's happening. You're wearing the wrong clothes. And so sometimes you wonder why when the heat is getting hotter, you are melting with the heat. Because you're not wearing the wrong, right clothes. Hallelujah. Let's quickly look at some scriptures real quick. And so I looked at some people I'm like, we call these people great names. Fathers of the faith and this and that. They went through hell and high waters. Romans 4, 18 to 20. Romans 4, 18 to 20. I'm going to go really fast because I don't understand how this time is moving. Um, Alright. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. That is humanly speaking, hope was gone. Hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. You know, sometimes God will promise you something and you're like, where is it? Did you not say? So numberless shall your descendants be. Next verse. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body. 
You know there's a difference between impotence and infertility, right? Impotence is that it cannot walk. Eh? What do you say? But that part, as in cannot walk, it cannot stand, it cannot, it's, it's not happening. Infertility, you can still go for treatments. Abby, they can still help you, give you one or two things. You can still freeze this and freeze that. But impotence, there is no hope. And in the midst of that, Abraham is saying, but because God said it, he will manufacture the seed. I don't know how he's going to do it. Except it's not God that said it. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter, that is, utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. Emphasis. No unbelief or distrust made him waver doubtingly question concerning the promises of God but he grew stronger and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God so this is what happens as you are going through the situation and you are giving praise and glory to God that faith is what empowers you what really empowers you is not so much that the thing has happened before the thing happens the praise and the glory and the faith you have is what empowers you this is why the bible says that the word of god is able to deliver that it has the inherent power and capacity in itself to deliver what he said it would god does not need help and so it's not that one uncle has to come from abuja and somebody has to give you one millionaire before you're now strong because for some of us until we see the testimony we are not strong but the Bible says you don't need to wait till the testimony comes. Your praise and your faith is what gives you strength. And that's why Pastor Dami was saying your strength is in your song. And when I heard, I'm like, yeah, I'm in the spirit. Hallelujah. Your strength is in your song. So what are you singing and what are you faithing and how are you praising even in the midst of that? So much to say. Next person, Uncle Paul. Hey, God. 2 Corinthians 11, 16 to 33. 2 Corinthians 11, 16 to 33. I'll just read one more scripture about these people and then we'll move on into the eight points. Where I land, I land. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 11, 16. I repeat then, let no one think that I have lost my wits. That you know, you'll do some things. Even when you're going through trials, you'll think, say, I'll be this one, don't they mad. You don't they meant like... You are going through issues. You are still giving money. You are going through issues. You are still coming to church. You are going through issues. You are still updating WhatsApp. It's time to pray. SGQ is questing. Like, so Paul is saying, I know people are looking at me as if I'm mad. But it's okay. Again, why? I repeat then, let no one think I've lost my wits. But even if you do, that's your what? Your concern. I'm going to carry my what? Consignment. Yay! I just did a P-dubs. Let anybody think I'm crazy and I'm carrying this gun on my head too much that I'm being happy when I'm going through hardships. That's your consign. I'm carrying my consignment. My cargo is not getting lost on sea. My cargo is not breaking down on sea. Yeah, import people are not going to put embargo on my container. I am collecting my container. But even if you do, then bear me witness as a witless man. They look me as a man. Just they watch. Just they follow. Just be watching me. So that I too may boast a little. Because sometimes, like, you people feel like 
I'm just doing rubbish and God is not doing wonders. Sometimes, and because sometimes we should know the boat because Christianity has taught us to be humble, to be quiet. And so, when God blesses you, you will not talk. There's somebody's name I want to call you, but I'll not call the person's name. You will not talk. You say it's just God's, God's grace. Paul is saying, it's like you would think we are counting beans here, B. Let me tell you. But even here, it's boasting in suffering, so. But let's write on. But that's the point. So that I too may boast a little. Next verse. Hallelujah. What I say by way of this confident boasting, I say not with the Lord's authority, but inspiration. In other words, eh, maybe God does not really want me to boast. But let me say something so that people understand. So that people will know that this thing is not fish and chips. So it's not like I intentioned, God told me, let me tell you this thing now. But let me say it so that you have understanding. It's not against the will of God. But as it were, in pure witlessness, continue please. Verse 18. Since many boast of worldly things and according to the flesh, I will glory and boast also. Hear what Paul is about to boast about. Hallelujah. Can we be fast please? For you readily and gladly bear with the foolish since you are so smart and wise yourselves. I think I'm going to read from my... I need us to be fast. Hey. Hmm. For you what? Enjoy it. Let me open my Bible. If a man assures control of your souls and makes slaves of you or devours your substance, spends your money and preys upon you or deceives and takes advantage of you or is arrogant and puts on airs and strikes you in the face. Paul is talking about those people that collect your money for anointing oil. It's not about those people that take them and bath with uh, barbecue water. And you know how Christians run to these things to go and do them so that because they're looking for answers. Because they don't know how to have the right disposition when they are going through trials and tribulations. You say people will slap your face. Some people will slap their face say amen. Because they are looking for succor, for a way out. Continue please. Shown yourself, ourselves too weak for you to show such tolerance for us. Can we just go to the part where he starts talking about his trials? This is not working for me. Second Corinthians. For five times I have received from the hands of the Jews 40 lashes but one. Guys, even Jesus, they flog him 39 times once. Paul is saying, five times I've received from the hands of the Jews 40 lashes minus one. 39. Next verse. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I have been aboard a ship wrecked at sea. A whole night and a day I have spent adrift on the deep. That is, I don't know where I'm going to land. Can we make this thing smaller? It's obstructing the reading a lot. Many times on journeys, exposed to perils from rivers, perils from bandits, that is Boko Haram and Amrabas, kidnappers, perils from my own nation, perils from the de- from, hey God, perils from the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the desert places, perils in the sea, perils from those posing as believers, but destitute of guys everywhere I go. My friends, my enemies, my, my, on the land, on the air, in the sea, everywhere I go, perils. Many times on journeys, I've read this one now, 27, in toil and hardship, watching often through sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, frequently driven to fasting by wants. Is that, I don't 
you want to fast though? Now say, oh, food not day. Everywhere is dry. So I fast. I turn it into a fast. That his supper was calling for him long. But it's like this God, if I die, I die. But this gospel will be preached. This Jesus will be made known. Hey God. In cold and exposure and lack of clothing. That is, they say Canada gets to minus 32, I'll be 21 degrees. Poor no get clothes. He say, I move. He say, I move. Hey God. And besides those things that are without, there is daily inescapable prayer. That is, even if I want to dodge it, the thing finds me. Of my care and anxiety for all the churches. Uncle Paul, in the midst of being in the Sian he was still pastor over churches. You're still writing letters to Ephesians. So some of you are going to say, oh, I'm going through a hard time. I just need some space. We understand that from time to time. But small cough. I, have, I think I have the flu. Small, they did not pay you your salary on the 31st. I'm broke. I, can't, I don't have transport to come to church. Small, your team lead spoke sternly to you because you have not been hearing what sins. I need to hear from God if I still need to be in this church. Small things, small. Somebody say small. But not saying people should be disrespectful. But you're going to say be mature. You said grow. Do you, know that, do you know how many people insulted Jesus? Your Lord and Savior. Pulled his bed, spat on him, wanted to throw him off a cliff. Your Savior. So what if Jesus had just said, you know what, God, peace, juices, ace, I'm out. I know do what? Again. You guys didn't think about it as deep as that. Because it's actually as deep as that. Because if we are disciples and followers of, and imitators of Jesus, the Bible says, you follow him in his suffering as well. That's a promise that they promised us when we're giving our life to Christ in 1980-something. That just come to Jesus, your life will be rosy, he will solve all problems. I mean, at the end of the year, we're going to see that. We know that we always win. I always say it. It's another confidence I have. We always win. Even if I'm not married, Jesus is my husband. Everything that I need in a man, I will get it from Jesus. I don't have children. God will give me spiritual children. He will give me mentees to groom and to grow. And so I lost my job. God has not lost his work over my life. There's still a purpose and a call and I can start something somewhere. Oh, I feel like I'm broke. God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory. If he can send a raven to feed Elijah, then he will feed me. I don't lose. I lost a loved one. Yes, it's painful, but I know that as a believer, I don't die. I transit. I've just changed location and one day I will see the person again. I'm ill in my body but I confess that this ailment is not unto death. It's so that the glory of God can be made manifest. I don't see any situation of a believer as a lost situation. Let's leave Paul. Glory to God. Job. Job 1, 13 to 22. Job 1, 13 to 22. Alright. And there was a day when Job's sons, maybe we won't finish all this thing because it's long. And there was a day when Job's sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house on his birthday. Mm-hmm. Turn up. And there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabines, I don't know how to pronounce that, but people with Sabines, 
swooped down upon them and took away the animals. Indeed, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped. Come and give you bad news. While he was yet speaking, that is, talk about bad boast. It was Job. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God, lightning, has fallen from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And only me, Waka, come to give you what? Bad news. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans divided into three bands and made a raid upon the camels and have taken them away. Yes, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, your sons and daughters, you know, we can do away with animals, but my sons and my daughters, my lineage, my, my, my posterity, my footprints into the next generation, everything I've worked for, God's inheritance. There came also another and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine. They were not in club. They were not in the shrine. They were not on the streets. They were not doing something bad. They were just enjoying birthday. Kayaba. And sometimes it feels like that. That God, what did I really do? What did I do? I've come to church. I've paid my tithe. I've been a good brother. I've been a good sister. I've supported P-Downs. I've carried church on my head. They were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And then what happened? And behold... There came a great wind. Winds. From the desert. And smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people. And they are dead. And I alone have escaped. To tell you. Mm -hmm. Then Job arose and rent his robe. And shaved his head. And fell down upon the ground. And worshipped. I will explain the next text. And said, naked without possessions came I into this world from my mother's womb. And naked without possessions shall I depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed, praised and magnified in worship be the name of the Lord. It's a posture. It's an understanding. It's a belief. Now, Pastor Dami has explained to us this thing so many times. God is not the one that killed Job's children. The Old Testament people just believe that anything great and powerful that happened is only God that is great and powerful. So it's only no one can. Mm-mm. So like I said, he might allow it. And in this situation, we know that he allowed it. But he wasn't the one that caused it. It was the devil. The Bible clearly tells us the mission statement of the devil. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. So anytime there's killing, there's destroying, and there's what's the last word? is not your Jesus. So there's no need to get angry with him. Because he didn't do it. Can someone hear me? It wasn't your Jesus that did it. The Bible says that while, while men slept, the enemies, enemies came and sowed tears. But your God who allowed it is a God that will also give you strength to come out of it. Can we thank God for the people that escaped? Can we also thank God for the people that escaped to come and tell him? Because when you see some, some other testimonies that God has done, the other testimonies that escaped out of the trial and the tribulation, where you almost failed the exam, but God had mercy upon us and you passed. When you were in the one chance bus, but God saved you. That they tried to carry you, but they did not kill you. They dropped you. They carried your phone, but they did not carry your life. They've carried my mother before. Oh, hey God. They carried my mother inside bus. They took her to her papa. They said, they carry her and they go. And my mother strolled home at 10, from 10 p.m. from my papa to Ilupeju in the night. 
took phone but did not take life. Can we thank God for the testimonies that escaped? And this is what the Bible means by saying, remember the time that I crossed you over the Jordan. Can you remember the times he crossed you through the Red Sea? Can you remember the times when the blood in Egypt changed to, all the water in Egypt changed to blood, but yours was still water? When all the animals in Egypt died, but you were living in Egypt, but your animals did not die. Hallelujah. Talk about Joseph. Imagine we just hear now that Oge sold Ogo into slavery. This Ogo that we are seeing here, sold into slavery. How will he be? That's Joseph. But what does Joseph say at the end of the day? He said, the Lord allowed so that I can preserve you. Joseph is kind though. Because even if I want to forgive you, I'll first of all show you that I will, I will first, ah, you will be hungry. That food you came to collect, you will go back empty-handed. I can call you to come back tomorrow, but you will go back. No food for you. And you're going to see me, they share food for other people. I'm going to share, but say, give extra, give extra. When it comes and I say, block it, close the gates. But Joseph understood something. That this thing that you did, you thought you were doing it bad, but God said, I was sent so that we preserve. Ha. It's a posture, it's an understanding. Noah is building an ark for 100 years. 100 years. He's building an ark he had never seen before. For rain he has never seen before. For people he has never seen before. Because 100 years, like, you don't get grandchildren by that time. And you know, sometimes I'm thinking to myself, God, at fourth, at year 50, you know, if we had read in the Bible that Noah slept, he woke up the next morning and the ark was completed. Do you know who have believed it? But God allowed him to build that ark for 100 years. <sighs> have you tried? I don't even know what now. Have you even tried sewing? If this dress just tells me, try to sew it with needle and thread and make it neat. Or sometimes, you know, girls, some of us, maybe your chest, something is a bit low. You want to use pin to hook it. You can do that pin like 50 times before it will stay well. Girls, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you will do it, the pin will be showing and the pin is not supposed to show. Sometimes you do it, it will be jumping. And let's do it again. To be hitting wood, hitting rock, 100, 100 years. Do you know anybody who is 100 years old right now? Who? Your grandma is 100 years? Oh, wow! Amazing! My grandma is 90 years old, so close to it. And that's a long time. But God allowed it. Moses. That is, from birth, they don't they trouble the guy. That is, he has not even done anything. They say kill him. Finish him. They have to hide him inside baskets. You might just think about, think about it. I just born baby now. I go and drop him in there. Which river do we have here now? Which river is close? Or oh, I don't want to tell me land. I'll just drop him there and say, the wind of God blow you to the right destination. So let's say I have this baby girl you are praying for now. I will now go and put my baby girl. Our girl. Let's now surprise twins. I will now put them inside that said, I will now take Camin to go and stand inside Todd Mayland River and be watching the baby be going. Then the baby will now go to Buari's house. Ah! Hey! But that is exactly what happened. They went to... Eh? 
confidence that she'll be on obedient next year, even though, even though, upon steel, I don't want. I don't, I don't want. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm getting so emotional. How would I leave my child? What if the basket tumbles over and they drown? And Carmine can't swim. And even if he can, he can save one, but he can't save the other. What will happen? All these fishermen come and carry my children and take them to all those places that they are living under. My children start eating what for breakfast. You don't know if my child is allergic to something. And you give my child something to eat and they start breaking out. And you don't have the medication to fix it. What happens? My child doesn't go to a good school. My child ends up going to all those schools that they write on the wall. So many things would have gone by. Well, if they go here now, they're now changing from Christian to the other one. Ah! Woo! Imagine if all these people had stopped. Imagine if all these people had stopped. So now ask yourself, why am I stopping? Why am I stopping? Some keys to walking in victory. Number one, have eternal perspective. Number one, have eternal perspective. Let's put up Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 to 14. And Jude 1. Something we read during SGQ. If you don't have the easy translation, let me know. Do you have the easy translation? No, I'll read it from my Bible then. This earth is not the end game. And I know it's not the end game. And I know it's good because the Bible already tells us that he's not going to take us out of this world, but he's going to ask that that we'll be protected, that God will protect us while we are in the world. So we still want earthly relevance. But don't live your life as if this earth is the ultimate. In the twinkle of an eye, this earth we are seeing will be gone. It will be gone. And you're not going to take your master's degrees into it. You're not going to take your PhD into it. You're not going to take your first class into it. Honey, I'm sorry, you're not going to take World Bank Minister of Finance into it. You're not going to take Cecilia into it. You're not going to take your ministry as the church itself or the building itself into it. You're not going to take Koga's kitchen into it. The lamb supper, be the lambs, all that food that God is going to serve us at the end. Pay God. As in, is it not last supper now? The lamb's feast, the feast of the lamb. As in correct lambs, food that you've not seen before. Tastes that your taste buds have never experienced before. God is going to feed you. You're not going to take Koga's kitchen there. You're not going to take your... You think say you they sing. For mine now, Mazi think say they sing. And it is single, but when you hear chords, when you hear chords, you know sometimes you're listening to all these outside songs and they just play one chord like this and your heart will just melt. John Legend's voice will just come up like this and you're like, sing to me. He don't know you, but you're like, sing to me. I don't want to mention the other names. But you hear, but no jokes. Yes, we are not, I don't encourage anybody to be listening to them. But you hear some of those songs. They know how to manipulate the chords. They know the chords that vibrate at a certain frequency. Live with the end in mind. So you are living in the present, but you have the end in view. And so in that way, you focus on what you know has eternal relevance. And so whatever you are doing, 
if you cannot find the eternal relevance in it, don't kill yourself. If it works, fantastic. If it does not work, do not kill yourself over it. Because whatever you're doing must have it. Because what the Bible says is it's going to test every man to work through fire. And the only thing that will stand is what will stand after the fire. So what you need to ask yourself, and I say this all the time, this Koga's kitchen you are doing is great, oh, but what's the God, what's the kingdom quotient inside? If it does not have a kingdom quotient inside, you're just making cash that is not going to make heaven. It's not Lukuga, gifts by Kiwi. I know she's not the one that laughed, but she's the next business that I saw. As you are gifting men, what are you gifting Christ? What are you gifting the kingdom? Dr. Tobes, we are not going to really need physician in heaven. I hope you are aware. So as you are healing your patients, what's the kingdom quotient inside? Because we don't need tetras like clean in heaven. To God be the glory. Because you know there are some medicines you take, you feel like the way you were sick before is better. Just leave me in that sickness. Because this medicine is making me to be worse inside this sickness. Oh, Shadabado. Ikabo rihavadi shakindegebedegebede. That's also how the word of God works though. And we know the story about the man who was blind and Jesus came and insulted him and put spit on his eye. I say, I say you should make me healed. You can't insult me. Is it because I'm blind? And so sometimes you're asking Jesus, is it because me gonna say if I'm not heavenly angel? Am I a mopping stick? What's this? Am I a plate? Am I a decoration? And then the man, Jesus says, what can you see? He says, I see men as trees. Kukuma leave me blind. Which one is seeing men as trees? And then he's asked to wash his eyes and then he can see. So sometimes in your life, it feels like it's actually getting worse. As in sometimes the more you are praying, it's as if it's getting worse. But it's what we call the storm before the calm. Abi, the storm before the calm. So keep keeping on. Ecclesiastes 12 all has been heard the end of the matter is this fear God as in that's the final conclusion that's the beginning that's the, that's the most important thing fear God revere and worship him knowing that he is and keep his commandments for this is the whole of man that's the whole of your life it's not really about your stocks and shares the whole of your life is not about the business partnership the whole of your life is not I must marry before the end of 2023 the whole of your life that's not what it's about is that the full and keep his commandments for this is the whole of man the full original purpose of his creation the object of God's providence the root of character hmm. the foundation of all happiness the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun. The Bible is saying that the key, the antidote for when things are doing bad goals, when things are not adding up, matching up in your life, is to obey him, keep, keep his word, worship him, revere him, keep his commandments. That is the real foundation of happiness in all of life circumstances. Good, bad and ugly and everything in between. And the whole duty for every man. It's your duty. It's your assignment. 
it's not a suggestion. There's something I'm going to read and maybe I won't get to it. Pastor Dami taught us something which struck me greatly in the course of last week. He said when your leader gives you a suggestion, take it as an instruction. And I remember when reading SGQ, one of the, I think it was in Thessalonians or maybe First John, I don't know, the writer was writing and said, I give thanks to God because I hear that you have taken all our suggestions. So it's not like, where is it in scripture? How can P. Dams be saying this? How can my team lead be saying this? Your pastor is inspired by God. And so when he makes a suggestion, you run with it. It's an instruction. Okay. To humans is lesson here. Jude 1, 24 to 25. Oh, can I read this? Jude 1, 24 to 25. I need it in the easy translation. We read this in SGQ as well. Away, I'm inside Revelation. I hope we know it's Revelation and not Revelations. There's only one Revelation. Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and present you unblemished, blameless and faultless before the presence of his glory in triumphant joy and exaltation with unspeakable ecstatic delight. To the one and only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, splendor, majesty, might, and dominion, and power, and authority before all time, now, and forever. This scripture is saying that when you come into the presence of God on that final day, Jesus is going to be rejoicing over you. He's going to be so ecstatic with joy over you. And guess what? It won't be because you are working in oil company. It won't be because of that. It won't be because you, you graduated from the best school in Nigeria or in the abroad. It won't be because of that. It's because you've put temporal things into eternal perspective and you brought glory to his name. So number one, for walking in victory, have eternal perspective. And so you know some things that are happening now, they are temporal, they will pass. But me and my God, eternal. There's so much I wanted to say with an example of of football and um, a loan window. And you know how it is that footballers are loaned to another to another team. That's what's happening with us. We're in a loan window. But guess what? Our contract with head office is still intact. And so we are not living on the terms of this club that we are playing in now. But we are living on the terms of our original club. And so apparently in the Premier League, you cannot even play against your real club if you are on loan. And so when you are going through a situation that the earth is dishing out to you, you don't start playing against your original team. You don't start insulting your God. You don't start doing your face like sport Ogi. You don't start doing as if God has never done anything for you in this life. You don't stop coming to church. You don't, you don't start following online theologians to insult the fathers of the faith. Because you are going through a situation. You do not play against your original club. You don't do it. And I'm not even saying this in a bad way. Not that anybody's going to die soon. We already know that we have long life and prosperity. The original club can collect their play at any time. And so the time that we have to live on earth is our window. And when God calls us home, 
<laughs> we will not come back as a disgrace in Jesus' name. Because you know the Bible talks about us, some people not receiving their full reward. So some people receive full reward. Some people now. Nah. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's so much I wanted to say about this um, transfer window. One of the reasons that players loan clubs their whatever their players, one of the reasons that clubs loan other clubs their players, is that they need to give that player more playtime, right? They need to say, especially if it's a young player, they want to see that this potential is going to potent. The potential is going to, we want to see where this thing is going. And so they give you playtime. And even that playtime, you must sustain injury. In that playtime, you can collect yellow card, but they are watching you. That's exactly what Christ is doing with us on earth. Even through situations and trials, how does this guy go play? How he go defend? How he go keep? yellow card. You used just start stomping your foot and throw your boots at the referee. <laughs> God, that's the end. You throw your boots at referee. You will never play. There's some things you don't do. Because you cannot disgrace yourself and disgrace your original club join. So then why do we do some things as believers? It's babies that throw tantrums. It's babies that throw tantrums. When this young player is loaned to the other club, it's a sign of trust of the original player that this guy has something. This guy has value. Give him a time. Give him play time. And that is exactly what Christ does with us. And I know we've said this, and Peter said, God, I take or beg you, no trust me like that. But the truth about it is that sometimes God gives us challenges because he values the, he knows what he has put in you. He knows what he has put. He's confident that this this way you face. I put something in you specifically for this situation. He knows. But do you know it? Have you searched the scriptures? Have you searched your spirit? Have you come together with other believers? Because coming together with other believers is light for light for light for light for light. When you're on your own, it's low current. But when you're other, other believers, it's high voltage, high voltage, but one, not the one that catches fire and spoils uh, in freezer. So when people tell me I can worship God by myself, I say, oh God, you're in darkness. I know sometimes when you're in darkness, after a while, your eye begins to see things. But you can't really see. And then you're taking more time because you have to be careful so that you're not going to hit your leg somewhere. But when you're with other believers, it's light for light for light so you can do things faster and better. Oh, so much to say. When we're in secondary school, when your teacher will give you scripts to YX script to mark, teacher's pets. That's what happened to you for. It was my agricultural science teacher for me that year. I, I know you are there. People will not, people will not come and beg you, please, what did I get? What did I get? Well, give me extra mark. Give me extra mark. Teacher's pets. It's a thing of pride and joy. The teacher believes that this one has sense. This one can. And you know, when you do it well, the teacher becomes soft towards you. Some other students say, you didn't come to school yesterday and I told you you have tests. Zero! But for you, say, don't worry, you can come to my office for makeup tests tomorrow. I'm serious. That's how God deals with us. He gives you tests and you pass it to us. Say, come and take some jara. Come and take some blessing. 
Come and take some peace. Come and take some honey. Oh, yeah, relax. Let me rub your head. Number two, hallelujah. So number one is having eternal perspective. Number two is knowing and affirming your identity in Christ. Knowing and affirming your identity in Christ. You can give me Ephesians 2.10. The issue with this identity thing is if you do not know who you are in Christ. I mean, sometimes, I know one of the we- one of the reasons that we don't walk in victory is because we have head knowledge, but we don't have experiential knowledge. We haven't put ourselves to the test. So you are saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And your mind is saying something else. And so there's battle of laws. In your mouth, you are saying spirit and life. In your mind, you are saying love, death. And so angel is like, pick one, pick one, pick one. For we are God's own handiwork. Like God did not delegate your creation. He didn't delegate it. He did it himself. You want to do an insurance policy and the CEO of the company says, I'm going to handle your accounts. You want to buy land from Abiola's company now and the owner of the company said, no, I'm going to do it for you. I will follow you to Ibado. We'll go and build the land together. And not from a place of, I want to control you and, in, you know, we'll guide you so that you'll buy by force. No, I'm interested in you. Your child is not in school. And the owner of the school, you know the owner of the school is different from the principal. The owner of the school calls you, oh, I noticed your child wasn't in school today. I hope everything is fine. Oh, he's not feeling very well. Bam, 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 they've come to your house. Let's go to the hospital together. God did not, de- he, does, he doesn't delegate. He didn't delegate his creation. So he's, he put his hands to work when he was creating you. His workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born, born anew, that we may do those good works which Christ predestined planned beforehand for us, taking part which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. Somebody say, I'm living the good life. Somebody say, I'm living the good life. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I like my God. Like before any bus goes or any issue happened, he pre-planned my good life. Our God is so intentional. So many times in the Bible you see predestined, pre-glorified. And then we know Psalm 139, while I was yet in my mother's womb, you knit me together. While I was yet in my mother's womb. And the issue with this identity matter is if you don't know who God says you are people will tell you who you're not and you will believe it because you don't know who you are and so I don't mean any disrespect some parents even do it out of love Dr. Lomaka they've told you you're going to become a doctor and that's in your destiny that Jesus wrote while he was knitting you nothing like antibiotics inside Nothing like blood transfusion inside. Nothing like uh, ME. What do they call all those your courses? Is it MED something they used to call it? What do they call your courses now? ENG 101. It's not that serious now. Doc, just give me ENG for engineering. They call their own something something 202. Eh? 
plan B. All these whispers. Anyway, you will get my point, Sha. There's nothing like that inside your destiny, but your parents have said, Dr. Lomaka, lawyer Lomaka, because your grandfather was a lawyer, your father was a lawyer, I am a lawyer, you are going to be a lawyer. Your boyfriend will tell you who you are not. You are too beautiful not to be slept with. I cannot keep my hands off you. You are that good. And so you now begin to see yourself as so good, so you need to be slept with. Can you understand the madness of the devil? That, you know, I need you so much. You're like the air that I breathe. I need, it's your breath in my lungs. <laughs> so you guys, you now begin to collect praise and glory. Wrong identity. The devil will tell you who you are, who you are not. I remember what you did last summer. I know what you did last night. For one or two persons, I don't want to say before you served or even before maybe you came and took transition. God help us. Something happened last night. God forbid in Jesus' name. And so he tells you that and he tells you, why are you reading your Bible? Why are you deceiving yourself? Why? You're the righteousness of God. Uh-uh, my G, my guy. What are you? Why are you lying? Why are you being me? Not still my identity. Why are you lying? Other people will call you things. Your haters will call you things. Ah, you know there are some video clips going around about the presidential candidate. I mean, it's believable, but I'm like, some people have doctored this thing. Have you seen those videos? It's believable, but I feel haters have doctored that thing. Cannot be that bad. So your haters will will push the wrong gospel about you, quote and unquote. Now for you people. Now for you. My guy forgot his party. Come call her ADC. Glory. Your haters will tell you who you are not. I know like Pinamus was saying last week about a, a real estate company that their opponents published something scandalous about them until today they are still trying to recover. That's what the kind of identity damage that your haters can do for you. If you don't know how to contradict it with your own wind. Know your identity. Number three, and maybe I'll stop at number five. Ah, gosh, I love this one so much. I can't even go into it. I don't have one video I wanted to play, but alas. Use your playbook. Number three, use your playbook. Use your playbook. What is a playbook? Still using the football analogy. A playbook is a notebook containing descriptions of all the plays and strategies used by a team. Often accompanied by diagrams. Does that sound like master life? Issued to players. Listen to this. Issued to players for them to study and memorize when before the season and so you are in that room that locker room before you even put your leg on the football pitch they don't give you diagram before you wear jersey they have given you strategy before before you sing national anthem playbook ah kaluvadi shakida dabado rabadusi kavi kentegebadusha and they say they gave him to study and memorize. 
That is all the possible plays that you can play. All the possible plays that your opponent can play. What to do when your opponent plays like this? What to do when this happens? There's another study. I've got, I'll, I'll just keep it and um, improvise. It says the playbook is also a book that contains all of this and how the player should play in every circumstance. So when it's raining, we are going to play. Sometimes, I mean, the first time I saw for my rain, I'm like, why can't they just call half time now? It's raining. What if they fall? What if they can't see? But they are trained from their playbook to know how to play when it is raining. They are wearing the right shoes with the right studs to know how to play and not fall when it is raining. For those who drive, you know there's a way you drive when it's raining. You know there are fog lights. Some people don't know where their fog lights is, but there's something called fog lights. Uh-huh. I know most people that drive half of the buttons in your car, you don't know what they do. Most people that drive, all the lights on your dashboard are on. But your mechanic have told you it's okay. Safe trips. Johnny Mexis. that really caught me was study and memorize before the season begins and let me just go ahead and give you one of the points can just call it number four even though it's not number four it's prayer prayer is not just defensive it's offensive most times believers pray when EU arise when an issue like oh God oh Lord of mercy do it I believe your word says but how about you pray when everything is good and so you have a deposit and so when the situation comes your first response is not to be afraid is to draw from the wells and speak to the situation which was exactly what Jesus Christ did when the storm arose and my guy was sleeping because he was full of the word the word is we are going to the other side and so when the storm came up he was confused that oh God I never tell you that we they go the other side <laughs> do you really get and so when he woke up, they were expecting him to be perturbed, rushed, run helter skelter. Oh yeah, you hold the boat this side. You hold the boat this side. Maybe we should drop the anchor so the boat will just stay. And Jesus is like, be still. And I can't imagine how foolish or stupid or embarrassed the disciples felt at that time. I know that was the funny thing about situation. Okay. Now that you wrote jam three times, okay, yes. Now that you did not get that first job that they offered that you applied for, okay. And now you have another job. You will now have a remote job in Dubai that your boss in Lagos does not know. And they are paying you in dollars. Sometimes when you are going through that situation, you feel like you will die. And then you come out of it and like, oh my God, okay, I did it. God, you actually said it too. I know that thing can be very irritating. When you've told somebody something that don't worry, this thing will work, you work, and they'll be disturbing your phone with missed calls, missed calls, missed calls. Like, Baba, relax. I go do them, I go run them, I don't tell you. Has it just be calm? And then when it happens, oh, I'm so grateful. I thank you so much. I believe you now. Uh-uh. There, there now. No, believe me. A playbook translates vision and strategies into tactics your playbook is the word of God and it takes vision into tactics I know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus how does that play out I 
know that I'm going to go through storms and through wilderness situations. God, what exactly do I do when I'm in the wilderness? I know that things might not happen at the exact time that I want it to happen. God, when there seems to be a delay, what does the plague book say about responding to delays? It's not just by your stripes I'm healed, by your stripes I'm healed. God might be giving you a specific instruction for your own healing at that time. Players follow the playbook, mentally drilling their roles over and over until they are comfortable and confident in their roles under varied circumstances. How will I explain this one? I don't know. I don't know why Fast and Furious is coming to my brain. You know how was Dwayne Johnson's name inside Fast and Furious? Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw, Hobbs, eh, eh, eh. You know, say that guy, forget even if he tire bust, my guy they drive. If the door falls out, my guy they drive. If the engine knock, my guy go drive. What again? If, if anything, if somebody is falling out of the car, say, hold on to the door. Vroom, I'm hopping now. Let me don't jump. You enter the car. When, when they're dropping off a cliff, don't worry, I got it. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Then Johnson got like, boop, 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 boop. Bam! Read the other side. That is, my guy go go in junkyard, for, as in dead forgotten cars that have not moved since Jesus was born. My guy will say, this one. We found the tools, guys. Let's rock. The next thing, you will now see one Lamborghini will just come out from it. And with that car, who is the who is the cop? Who is the mafia? My guy, in all seconds, my guy, he knows cars. Tell you I know nothing, but I know my cars. Like Dami Sachs. Sorry, I was going to say something, but I don't know what I mean. Dami Sachs. Sorry. I got you, bro. I don't mean to say bad way. Dami Sachs. You might not know anything, no. But ask him car. Ask him shoe. Ask him saxophone. He's your guy. You know there are people like that. When it comes to Rema, don't ask them. They don't have Rema for you. But how do we move this consignment? How do we enter China? They, they, we, they got you. They are your guys. So in all circumstances, have you memorized your playbook so well? Have you studied your playbook so well so that even if they off lights, I can see blindfold me. You know how those karate kid boots lead that year? They want to fight the boss, the bad guy. They will now say his leg is broken, he's, he's limping, and he's blindfolded. He will now remember his ancestors. The spirit of something will start rolling, the breeze will start blowing on the wind, and he will just do this, and then you will kill the boss. In all circumstances, have you studied and memorized your playbook? You got to visualize it. Now I understand more and more why Pastor Damiki, when we are saying our declaration, you say, use your mind. Use your mind. Use your mind. Athletes use it. Athletes use it. Guided visualization and imagery. It's a real thing. Psychologists are actually employed for athletes. 
guided visualization or imagery is purposely rehearsing a skill routine or performance in your mind's eye to program your body for success when athletes visualize or imagine a successful competition they actually stimulate the same brain regions when you physically perform that action so they visualize their success they visualize their moves they visualize their strokes for people that are swimming over and over again and what that helps you do is that when you actually perform you don't feel like you're starting from square one it's like you get into the exam hall when you know you've reversed you've reversed you've reversed you've studied you've jacked cover to cover you've done overnight you've prayed you've done everything when you enter the exam hall like those people like, i'm sure they'll be like oh god all those people very annoying people they'll be writing 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 they will just the right the one that they asked them the one that they did not ask them cover to cover they might just say extra sheet please they'll be writing writing they will cover their work like this with the whole armor of god nobody must i'm sitting in front when anybody's asking them something they want to they're not here you know temporal deafness till that exam is over but when you look at their scripts you know that you know that some they collect extra shit nonsense rubbish waste my time to read nonsense if i'm not interested for straight i'll not give you minus five on top but some people you collect their script you know that this person this person savvy the walk they didn't start from square one you know sometimes even you, you are intelligent you have to start racking your brain okay for those of us that used to cram that year you now start flipping the pages of the book in your mind what was the heading here a, a plant is defined as a they, no 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 that's not what it says you go back to line one a plant is defined but for these people it just flows visual imaging Rabadusha. I'll, I'll rush through the last I've already said prayer so I won't say it again the only thing I'll say about prayer is this like I've already said don't be, off, don't be defensive alone about prayer be offensive and this is also what we did in school that year that was, they say read from the beginning of semester like, like you know the year until two weeks to exam before we go read some people say I, I, I prayed better that way it's a lie it's what you have now become used to because if you had tried to read from the beginning of semester boy yeah you'll have graduated the first class but you've lied to yourself that I, I work better under prayer lies then you know when you're giving your testimony you now say I graduated with what I wanted <laughs> when I used to hear those kind of testimonies I graduated with what I wanted I say talk true talk true that is anything below two one at least is what I wanted. Like that, let my people go at least. I've graduated. When I graduated the first class, do you say I graduated what I wanted? I graduated the first class. Distinctions, honorary doctorate. But because you did two hours to exam, all those people that have been reading till last minute, there's another line says what I read that came out is a lie. I mean, sometimes that thing miraculously, miraculously happens to so that. The one that you read before you entered. I, lo- I used to love that thing because it used to be my saving grace. It happens to you and him. But otherwise, what I wanted, let my people go knee. And let me just say this the Hebrew word for prayer is a watchman. And I cannot pronounce the word in Hebrew. Safa or something like that. T S A P H A H. And it means to keep watch, to spy, to observe, to wait. And so that is 
like Peter was talking about the house. Peter says, oh, thank God he said it today because sometimes I feel some people think I'm lying. That at 2 a.m. I'll be in my room, I'll be hearing da 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 ba do, she kadiga baruta taga badaka. I say 2 a.m. Baba, come and sleep now. But I'm so thankful for that. I'm covered spiritually, I'm covered. As in, there was one day, this thing that he said that the door was open. I tell you no lie. One night, because Peter, when he sleeps, he sleeps. No, he's to hear anything. If you like, fire come down from heaven. And we born and we rose. Oh no, we live and we die. No. We live. And if it's Jesus coming, we go. Anyone, we are good. And then I started hearing, stay there. Stop there. Lie down on the floor now. Oh more, my heart. I will not even lie to you. My heart had already caught. Then I started hearing gunshots. Outside my own house, so nobody say on the streets. Outside my house. And I woke him up and he could hear it. I said, babe, go and check the door. Is the door locked? And he went downstairs and lo and behold, my door was open. And there's no people have been to my house. My door, you can't lock it from outside. If you are not skilled, it will not close. Who said yes at the back? <laughs> are you into my house? Okay, okay. <laughs> so now okay, I mean I gonna spy you too. She observes somebody here come to my house. Okay, Kenneth. My door does not lock. You need a special skill before that door will lock. And lo and behold, that very night, that door was not locked. This was around 2 a.m. in the morning. But of course, when you wake up in the morning, we now hear the food. Somebody had come to cut our transformer cable and steal the wire. And then the security had cut in and they called police from Area F. So it was the police from Area F that was shouting, Lie down there. And I was here, Twa, 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 flogging somebody and gone short. I said, Naro, I, t- I said, God, is this how it shall end? <laughs> I said, is this? <laughs> ah, fear is a bad thing. Do you know that there are times I've rehearsed that if robbers come to my house, you get one place where I go just hide my children, give them my phone. I say, I beg, don't say anything. When everywhere is quiet, call grandma. God forbid. God forbid. But when you have someone who is covering your house in the spirit and going to check the doors, when you are standing on your watch, then you are defended even when things happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last two points, I'll take them real quick together as I get up the stage. Don't fear the enemy. Cast your cares on Jesus. I'll just read the scriptures. I won't go through them. 1 Peter 5, 7. And Psalm 55. This Psalm 55 is very sweet though. If you can put that up, that will be great. Casting all your cares, it cares about your hair. You can put Psalm 55, that will be great. So we read it as we go. Don't fear the enemy and cast all your burdens on him. I remember when Dr. Kim for our anniversary last year, Dr. K came, he said, sheep were not designed to carry burdens. You are God's sheep. You are not designed to carry burdens. The only burden with the Bible says you should carry is burden for one another. And that one is even a heart and prayer thing. Don't carry it on your head. If the person you have been carrying burden for is not being responsible about the matter, drop the burden and be going. Right? I've spoken about prayer. Be disciplined enough to stick to God's will. Next point. Be disciplined enough to stick to God's will. When it's not going as if you feel this how we should go. God, what's, the, what's in the playbook? What's the rule for this one? What should I do at this time? And stick to it. It's hard, it's not easy, but stick to his will. It was Apostle Tommy Ararami who posted a video recently. And he said, in this our kingdom, there's no democracy. I know the sports Christians, young generation, we like to feel 
because God loves me. I have a relationship with God, so He understands. We can have, we know how we do it specially, and I understand that God deals with all of us differently because He knows He has different children. But it's what God wanna do that He's gonna do. It's what God wanna do that He's gonna do. Yes, we have relationship with Him, and sometimes as a good father, we can talk to Him, we can appeal, we can apply our faith, and things can. We've seen some of that in Scripture. But if it doesn't change, you 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 are lying. You are lying. And I remember Apostle Tommy Aramis said that the first time that somebody said, I will in the Bible, he was cast out of heaven. And that's when the devil said, Lucifer said, I will now ascend. And we see that he descended so fast. So fast. The other guy, the rich fool, said, I will now make for myself storehouses. I have so much cash. CBA wants to do their wars. They don't know that I have money. They store it in their house. You know when I watch King of Boys, some people were storing um, jewelry inside graves. I believe that people do that in Nigeria. Live. Say, I will store. And Jesus is saying, look at this one. I have planned for your money. You are telling me about your, your own agenda. Your agenda must agend. Are you joking? Tonight, your soul is required of me. So it's not about your will. God doesn't do democracy. It's a kingdom. A kingdom doesn't operate by democracy. It's not what this one that we do here. It's not. We have a king. We don't have a president. And finally, let's have the scripture of 1 Peter 5, 9 to 10. Get ready to fight again. Pastor Dami said it about two, three weeks ago. When the devil has left you in February, just know that as you enter October, he's waiting for you again. That's what the Bible says about Jesus, that the devil left him for a little while. But he came back again. So don't get drunk on your victory. Don't get drunk on your wings. Don't get drunk on, I am an apostle of the Lord. Don't. Because the devil, don't, don't. Bear as in the pride, priding in the spirits. Because what the Bible says about pride, it goes before a fall. Withstand him. Be firm in faith against his onset rooted established strong immovable and determined knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood the whole body of christians throughout the world verse 10 and after you have suffered a little while the god of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor who has called you to his own eternal glory in christ jesus will himself complete and make you what you ought to be establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you somebody say a big amen to that god will settle you he will cause your feet to be as the hind's feet you will stand firm you will not be weakened you will not be perplexed we know that we are pressed but we are not crushed we are persecuted but we are not abandoned after we have done all to stand, we will stand. Our victory is sure. In spite of the tantrum that the devil may throw, we sit at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. And we know that we are overcomers in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet and begin to declare, I walk in victory. I pray. I have eternal perspective in the mighty name of Jesus. I do not fear the devil. I walk according to the playbook of Christ in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh yes, I know I'm constantly 
contracted to my home team uh, and I do not play against my home team in the name of Jesus. Uh, the visions of the wins and the victories uh, inside my playbook are ever in my mind. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, I move faster. I cover more ground uh, because I have the image of victory in my mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I do not hear us praying. Uh, I am not weak. Uh, I am strong. Uh, I am not weak. I am strong. Uh, I am not ill. I am whole in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I am not uh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm not a sinner. Uh, God has paid the price for me. Christ has paid the price for me in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I am a city set on a hill. I cannot be hidden uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I can do all things uh, through Christ who strengthens me in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I decree and declare that I rise and lift and embank uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, when the enemy comes against me like a flood, uh, Jehovah himself raises a standard for me in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I do not fall, I do not fail, I do not falter because Jehovah himself uh, is fighting for me. He's fighting through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I put on the whole armor of God. Uh, the helmet of salvation uh, protects my mind and my thinking. Uh, the breastplate of righteousness uh, protects my heart from the fiery darts of the evil, uh, from the devil in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I wear the gospel shoes of peace. Uh, I walk uh, from a place of peace. Uh, I stand uh, in a place of peace uh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's keep praying. We do not fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory because we know that our God has won the battle on our behalf. In the name of Jesus, decree again that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are seated in heavenly places. You are wrapped in the goodness of God. You are dipped in the favor of God. You are soaked in God's love. In the name of Jesus, you are a vicar. You are a vicar, not a victim. In the name of Jesus, Roshumaya Kayadosa, Rikadosi Mayade Kayadasa, Roshumaya Kayadabada, Roshutayadabada. We give you all of the glory, God. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you are victorious, I want you to scream louder this morning. If you are victorious, scream louder. Hallelujah. Can we bless God for Pastor Toju's message this morning? God bless you, Mom. That was beautiful. Thank you for all of the everything. It was sweet and it entered very well. Thank you so much, Mom. God bless you. Generation is rising generation of kings to join this growing community of kings visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566 one more thing someone you know needs this kindly share this now